Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Baumert. Hi Paige. Well, hello. Paige, today we are going to tune ourselves. This is going to be interesting. We've got a special guest with us today. We're going to meet another one of our teaching self-government mentors. I'm so excited for everyone to get to know this mentor. She is amazing. And she is going to be talking to us about tuning today, tuning our tone, tuning into our tone and really improving that. So I can't wait to hear what she has to say about that. So here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, everything is about self-government. That is the foundational principle of this podcast. And so we always come back to that. So we've got to start out with, with asking ourselves, what is self-government, Paige? Oh, I got you. I'm ready. So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Oh, you mean that whatever happens to me is not somebody else's fault. So if I feel like I'm frustrated with someone or I'm angry at someone, it's not somebody else's fault that I'm angry or frustrated is what you're saying. What you're saying is, is that I have to take responsibility for how I feel and how I emote and what I think, you know, a lot of people don't like responsibility nowadays, Paige. (laughs) Also a shocker. What? Uh I know. It's just not very common that people are like, yes, sign me up for taking responsibility. (laughs) But actually, when you do take responsibility and you do choose self-government for yourselves, you feel very empowered. It's actually liberating. It's very free. We hear that all the time from parents who are learning self-governments, how much freedom they feel like they have in their homes. And so this really is one of the principles of freedom. It's part of the recipe of freedom. It's so exciting to live a life of self-government. That doesn't mean that you don't ever feel anything anymore. We've got to be clear about that. Uh, People have feelings. They are human beings. Okay. But (laughs) what it does mean is that we know what to do with those things and we don't have to use every, every feeling that comes or every bad situation that comes as an excuse for our own bad behavior or treating Mm -hmm. other people in a way that we shouldn't. Right. So that is awesome. Now I have started this years and years ago. So I started teaching this back when you were just a babe, 1999. That's right after Paige was like one years old. People started asking me to teach this kind of stuff. And I really thought, okay, well, I'll do this for a little while to help people out. But then it just grew, grew, grew. I had no idea what was going to happen to this. And we are now at a stage where I don't have to do it all by myself. For a number of years now, we have had mentors who are teaching this too. So Paige, what is a mentor? You know, we're going to be meeting one of our mentors today. Let's talk just a little bit about what it means to be a mentor. It means that we have, because we, meaning me as well, we have taken either a three-day parenting training or we've done the online TSG parenting course. And then on top of that, we've taken an extra uh, equivalent of a three-day training to become a mentor. It's a separate training. And so we've done that. And once we've done that, we get the opportunity to uh, help out with group mentoring sessions that are part of that TSG parenting course. We get to do one-on-one mentoring sessions with people who need a little extra help. We get to teach classes in our own homes or in our own communities, if that's something we really want. But also one of the biggest things of being a mentor 
is when you are in a position of teaching other people about the skills and principles of self-government all the time, you tend to become really, really good at them yourself and very, very self-aware of how you're doing with the skills that you're teaching. Cause no one's mm-hmm. perfect. You know, I, I make mistakes with self-government and I mean, there's still things I'm working on, but when I'm sharing how to fix other people's problems with the self-government skills and principles, I go, Oh yeah, I should probably do better on that myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Teaching is a powerful way to learn, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And there are other perks that come with being a mentor too. We should probably mention those. Like you get to come to all the teaching self-government like events for free. So long as we have enough space and um, you get to mentor people at those events as well. And you get to, um, be part of the support group as part of that mentor, uh, training that you have. And so that's just a given that you always get to be on there. Um, you can sell different things. There's just a lot of different ways to help people and things, perks and bonuses that you have. I also do a mentor call with the mentors once a month. So that's on the second Monday of every month we do that. And then also once a year, I have a special conference that is just for the teaching self-government mentors. So mm-hmm. anyway, as we, we do ongoing training, try to skin that onion, right? Layer by layer, go into more and more things, which is exciting. Okay. So today we are meeting Shiloh Lindstrom. Yay. Big applause, big applause. Anyway, I love Shiloh. She is just such a kindred spirit. She is a great mentor. She's a great just woman all the way around. And she's got an incredible backstory. I mean, she's got a family. She'll be telling us about her family, but she also has done a lot of education in the psychology therapy world. And she absolutely loves teaching self-government. And so she's spent a ton of time really trying to make her person herself, this person that can fill in the gap to help other people with the things that they are struggling with. So Shiloh, we are so happy to meet you. And Shiloh is in Iowa, right? Shiloh? Shiloh (laughs) from Iowa. Anyway, Iowa, right? Yes, I live just outside of Des Moines, Iowa. So it's great. Wanted to make sure I I got that. I'm like, uh uh-oh, go into the archives, Nicolene. I'm pretty sure it's Iowa. Anyway, um, yeah, so she's, she's out in the Midwest. Uh, people love family out in the Midwest, but that doesn't mean their families are all, all perfect, right? And that's how it is everywhere. And so we're trying to help as many people as we can. So Shiloh, just as a little get to know you, we love to talk about a fun family activity here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. And we would love to give you the opportunity to share one of your favorite family activities that you've done with your family and that you really enjoy. So one of our um, favorite family activities right now, we tend to be a very active family and our current favorite is playing cross net volleyball. So we set it up in our front yard and it's set up so that there's like four squares and then you've got one or two people in each square and the square number four is where the winning square is. And so square four serves across the square two. And then you can hit it to any square. And obviously if the ball lands and you're out, football's on your side. And then you go to the line, get in line, and we just keep rotating through. Um, oh, so it's like four square, but without bouncing the ball. Yeah. Yes. With um, volleyball. 
with a volleyball. Yeah. And with the net. So we have some kids that are, you know, still learning how to hit a ball or set or serve a ball. And so they just catch it and they throw it. And that way everybody's there, everybody's playing. And we, we laugh a lot when we play together. <laughs> As you I should. love that. I love that. That's such a great thing. Such a fun thing to do when the weather's good. Enjoy the backyard or the front yard and, and just really have that special experience right there at home. It doesn't cost any money once you get the nets, I guess. Anyway, and but then it's just something you can just pull out and do whenever you want. And I love how you've modified it. So that if someone's little and they can't really do the fancy stuff yet, still they can be part of the fun. That's so exciting. I love it. Great idea. Okay, so Shiloh, we've got to meet you a little bit more. We need for you to get to know our audience here. So tell us how long you've been a mentor and why you chose to become a TSG mentor. I have been a mentor for about five and a half years. and. (laughs) it's we've been using teaching self-government in our home previous to that so I would say I've probably been using it for eight years at least um and why I wanted to become a mentor is because personally I I feel called to strengthen families um and in you mentioned my education and so I have my bachelor's degrees in family life studies and then I'm almost wrapping up. I have about a year left in my marriage and family therapy degree with a play therapy certificate. And so I'm really excited about that. And as I've been studying and going um, through these classes and things, I can see the strength that teaching self-government truly is to families and how it's needed and how it combines so many elements that truly bring that strength to a family. Wow. I love that. I mean, you really are when you just say, I'm just called. I mean, you are just called. And I always want any, if anybody feels called to strengthen families and they want to do it through teaching self-government, I'm like, come on in. Welcome. You know, the doors are open because that's what this whole thing is about for me. It's, it's a mission. It's a ministry, however you want to say it. It's, it's me just trying to do something to help families help heal homes in this time where they're just falling apart, but you're feeling that too. You're seeing it, but you're seeing the strength. And, and I really appreciate that, that little vote of confidence um, that you can give people because you have studied so many things. You've seen so many things. That's Paige also has a degree in marriage and family. And she is you know, she's like, mom, uh, I could have taught a lot of those classes because <laughs> it's a little bit of a waste of time, but I still learned good things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there is that, you know, that happens anyway. Um, it, it's just great to hear from a person who also has been putting in so much extra time in this field, uh, really what we're offering. Yeah what teaching self-government offers is incredible. Um, There are some some programs that offer bits and pieces, but teaching self-government combines it in a way that I haven't been able to see in any other programs or anything else. That's That's awesome. That's awesome. I do think there's some people out there that are starting to grab even other bits and pieces from us. So we see little bits being copycatted here and there and little, you know, things, but um, yeah, I appreciate that. 
So you mentioned that you've been using TSG in your house for about eight years. So what are the ages of your children and how many children do you have? So I have five children. My oldest is 15. And then I have 11 year old twins, an eight year old and a six year old. And I, I'm pretty sure we were using teaching self-government about the time that I had my eight year old. And oh, okay. so wow. that's, that's where I'm like, it's got to so be. So your six year old is, is a full blown TSG child. Yeah. Yeah. That... But I was still like fine tuning and oh, learning okay. everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aren't we always, aren't we always like, if we're going to be really honest about ourselves, we have to say there's the principles and there's the practice and and there are occasionally moments where you start doing practice that you know doesn't match and then you're like oh dear we gotta back it out right and work on it yeah so um twins that's an interesting perspective to be able to add as a mentor because I think that when people have multiples, you know, and the same age they're like ah this is crazy how do we handle this Um, but would you say that having this consistency of speech, the the scripts to help you with the language and the communication, has that helped with some of the twins craziness or is it pretty much the same as just any other children? (laughs) I would say it's helped with some of the twin craziness. And at the same time, I would say it's probably pretty much the same as any other children. (laughs) But with that, it probably depends on the twins. My Uh, twins are opposite in every way. Mm. And while they're opposite in every way, they have a really strong connection still. So it's been interesting to watch and balance. But more often than not, I feel like they are not twins. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad you mentioned that, though, because I just chatted with uh, a couple. They're like, yeah, we have a set of twins and another set of twins on the way. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. Yeah, you guys got to dig into this. So I'm I know so who glad. you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's going to be really good for you to have consistency of yeah. speech and problem solving <laughs> in your home. That's going to be really They're going to do awesome, though. They're going to be great. When you have a few of those crazy minutes, when you've got two-year-olds, woohoo, just all over the place. <laughs> That's fun. So fun. Okay, so how has teaching self-government helped your family the most? I mean, you, you've been growing these children now for a while. What have you seen? So the one I just one word to describe how it's helped me our family the most, and I would just use the word connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's given us principles that guide us so that we're not being um, steered around by one person's emotions or one person's perspective of things. Um, and with my husband and I, he did medical school and during residency and things was when I started teaching self-government. And I often found due to like the nature of his busyness, um, and how little infrequently he was home that when we were both home, one of us wasn't fully present. Mm -hmm. And so through using teaching self-government, I feel like it's helped bring us both present with our children and those family moments and the times that we're having family time. And when we are all home together, which might not be as often as we would all like, but I think every family could say that too. So that's actually really powerful though, because I think that's what most people want more than anything is to feel that bond, that attachment, that unity, 
or connection as you're calling it, you know, here um, with our family members, that's what makes us feel complete. It makes you belong somewhere, you know, and you can even be a parent and not feel like you're fully belonging with the group, you know, even though you're running the group, they can feel that way. I think that's powerful. Yeah. So now TSG, we all know it helps the family, but TSG stands for teaching self-government. So how has TSG helped you better govern yourself? Um, I would say that TSG has helped me govern myself better in the sense that it's provided me a a family roadmap, more or less, that's a simple and easy way to understand what my role is in our home and in our family. Mm -hmm. Um, And throughout that, I've taken a lot of baby steps by myself, learning on my own. And it wasn't until I jumped into the Parenting Mastery course that I was able to fully embrace and implement everything that TSG taught me. Mm, no, but mm-hmm. the role is huge. Just that one thing of understanding your own role as a mom and as a wife, that's incredible, you know, because a lot of people, they don't understand that. And so they think that responsibilities are what fill up a role, you know, even if they don't even necessarily know what a role is. But I love that you're able to come to that realization of what your role truly was. Well, and to strengthen your parental authority in your home. You know, I think there's a lot of people that want things to shift, but they don't recognize that they have to go back to that root level. Who are we? (laughs) Who am I? Who are you? Where are we headed? How are we going to get there? And so this is where we get to talking about what we're going to talk about before we talk about it. Okay. That's like meta meta communication, <laughs> deepest level, level communication there. And in teaching self-government, we, we go straight there. We're like, okay, let's just, let's just go straight down to the roots here. And then, then let's build it up again because, and then at that point people can go, oh, I never thought of building that piece. Okay. So Shiloh, we know that when we teach other people, we are the ones that end up learning the most from that experience. And I know you've had a lot of opportunities to teach some different people, influence people at parenting mastery trainings and other things. So what is something that you've learned as you've been teaching other people as a mentor? Is there some sort of a takeaway? How do you feel like that it's helped you or what do you enjoy about being a mentor? Just talk with us about being a mentor. Where where what can we learn or from your learning in as a mentor? That sounds great. Those are really good questions. Um, so for me, being a mentor, something that I absolutely enjoy is the continual trainings that we get each month. I love the discussions we have in our mentor group and the deeper learning that we're able to get to. Um, I, I love mentoring others and working with individuals and small groups. I've taught in my community and I really enjoyed that. And just seeing the strength that comes into a home and a family as they continually learn and apply teaching self-government is definitely a highlight for me. One of the things I've learned kind of tagging back to the twin um, question discussion about twins is the power of following the script. So you guys were mentioning the couple who has a set of twins with another one on the another set on the way. I love the scripts in the sense that I can stay calm and focus on that part of what I need to do. It keeps my mind clear. 
and I can focus on the connection with my child and I know exactly what to say. I don't have to think about what I'm going to say in this teaching moment. I know what to say. And that's been really powerful for me as it's helped mm-hmm. me to maintain my calm and really connect with my child in those moments. Yeah, it, it's empowering. It gives you confidence. You can say, wait, no, I do know what to do. I don't need to stress about this. So just teaching other people those scripts helps you then go, now I'm nailing these, right? The more times you tell other people about the scripts, the more you end up really sinking them deep inside your heart so that then you're ready no matter what happens. Oh, I love that. And I love that you mentioned the monthly calls because I love those two. We discuss, we share ideas together um, as mentors. And then of course I usually bring something to the table for something to discuss with the group as well. And um, those are uh, supposed to be enriching. So yay, I'm glad they are. Yay, yay. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I, it's fascinating too, to learn so much about the different challenges that different families face um, that we maybe not w- wouldn't be exposed to in other ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. so true. So now I want to know, because... I love stories. What are some experiences from your life that you think illustrate best what teaching self-government does for families? Well, I'm going to share, obviously, a personal experience right here. Um, and a few years ago when I was implementing it with, it was one of my twin daughter, twin daughters. I have a boy and a girl, so it was my twin daughter. And we were doing sodas. And... <laughs> She was going through, I guess, do we need to explain what sodas are? It's a problem solving exercise. We'll just leave it. Yeah. It's a, it's a written (laughs) problem solving exercise where they learn how to, yeah, they learn how to solve problems and and prepare for better outcomes in the future. We'll leave it there. Okay. I don't know how far we want to go into that. Anyway, (laughs) she was writing down the advantages and disadvantages of some of the options to deal with the situation she was in. And For the disadvantages, she wrote down, mom would get mad, mom would yell. (laughs) And as I was watching her write this, I was like, oh, that's what she's learning right now. (laughs) That's how I'm not governing myself. And then I looked through my sodas book and a couple weeks later, we, she had done another soda and on those disadvantages, then I could see, oh, we made progress. And she had written, I would earn an extra chore. I could lose my privileges. It's going to take longer. I have more work to do. And so doing those sodas really helped me gain insight into who I was being as a parent and how I was acting um, and what my child was really learning the cause and effect was. And it was definitely not what I wanted her to be learning. Wow. Yeah, I love that because um, I don't know if anybody has ever expressed so clearly as that story shows that it isn't just a person who does the sodas exercise that learns, but definitely the parent's going to be learning right alongside when they are debriefing and they're looking at what the child wrote down. Yeah, and it gives you insight as a parent into a direction you might need to go differently. 
mm-hmm. or something you think you're doing that you're not doing the way you think you are. <laughs> like, oh no, dang it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, Shiloh, we love learning from you and we want to learn even more. We know that you have come prepared today to talk about tuning our tone. Now, obviously you're going to have to describe that and what that even means. I'm very excited to hear about how we're going to tune ourselves up with our teaching self-government tone. Cause we know in the teaching self-government uh, world that in order to create an environment where self-government can be learned, it's, there's a certain type of tone, there's a certain type of structure, this SOTAS thing that we've been talking about, that's about one of our structural things, right? But I'm guessing we're going down the tone track today. So take it away, Shiloh. Uh, we're really excited to hear what you have to share. Thank you. I'm excited to hear the input you guys have, the insight you have, have as I know you're a musical, both musical as well. So In our families, we have different tones um, that we can tune into. Tone means a sound or a modification of sound, of a sound. So it it can come through in our speech. Tone can be an accent or the emotion that we carry in our voice when we speak. In medicine, they use the word tone to describe the state or organization of the body the strength and activity of the organs from which proceed healthy functions. So in teaching self-government, the tone um, that we want to carry, part of the, the, this proper tuning into tone uh, is that we strive for includes a tone of praise, a tone of trust, a tone of acceptance, a tone of love and mercy, a tone of seeking to understand, And luckily for us, there's another tone of family activities, which brings in the fun and the playfulness where connections are really built. Um, I kind of skipped around. So let me. Well, but don't forget calmness. Don't forget calmness because that tone of calmness is also, I would say, for a lot of people, it's their hardest one. But really, we can beat calm if we have all those other tone elements in place. They help us, right? Yes. Well, and I love that you bring that up. I feel like the calmness is almost the foundation to then build these other things upon because without that calmness, we we can't move into these other areas of tone. Yeah, that's true. It it is foundational and we get hung up there. We get stuck if we don't have that calmness in place. So true. Yeah. Yeah, so the word tune, it can mean a sound or a note as well. And then another meaning of that word is to bring something into proper sound, to bring it into healthy functioning. Um, And that would be like maybe just one piece or part, and then we can expand it. And it also means harmony and order, a concert of all the parts. And so when we think about the, the tuning into tone, there's many aspects we can tune into. Um, we may need to tune into our own tone or the tone of our child as they're trying to make sense of their own experience and they might need help finding words or they may need reassurance that as parents, we understand them. And I have one child who I have just learned before I, like when she's stuck in those hard moments, I just need to say to her, hey, I'm here. I know you're having a hard time right now. I want to help you. I'm here to help you. And when I do that, she's able to calm down and I feel her defenses ease 
and she's more receptive to my teaching and more quickly quick to apply what I'm teaching her. And so when we are tuned into each other's tone, um, we know that we're safe and loved. And that goes, you know, as well with our spouses as it does with our children. Yeah. Oh, I love what you're saying here. Cause you're saying that we feel a lot more than we hear because that's really true. We do. So my, my dad was a, a speech. Well, he, yeah, he retired. Is he retired? Yeah, he is. Anyway, he taught speech and debate and taught communications and speech in college and, and stuff like that. And he would always say your unspoken communication is always louder than your spoken communication. So if I'm talking to somebody or someone's talking to me, but I'm looking at my phone, the unspoken is they don't care. They're tuned out. They're not really caring about what I'm saying. That's the unspoken. It's this action. It's this attention that I'm focusing on something else. But what you're saying is that you're focusing your attention in to your children. And like for your daughter, you're focusing it in and then she's able to feel something different from you. So you're really going to this deeper feelings place. And you're saying, Hey, listen, this is a big part of who we are. And you're saying, let's take this connection seriously then. And let's, let's really do that unspoken communication. Let's put an emphasis on it because it is more powerful. And that's where the calmness comes in. I mean, someone knows if you're not calm and with your, your tone of your voice, you know, there've been times I think Paige and I have both done this to each other. There have been times where I, where we've had to say, Oh, is that really how you wanted to sound, you know, right then? Right. Cause like just this, they might be, we might be getting animated cause we're kind of silly and whatever. And then sometimes it might come across, Ooh, it, it kind of came across in a rude way or a, yeah. you know, or an That's attitude way. A few times. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's just, you don't even recognize it sometimes, but, mm -hmm. but you don't want to come across that way. You can just start playing with tones even in your speech and not recognize how it's coming across with people. So, sorry. I'm just like, wow. I know you're taking over. Like Shh, let's sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Shiloh. Go, go, go. Okay. Oh, I love it. I wanted to hear what you had to add. So, <laughs> but we're here to hear what you have to say. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So I want to share a story that illustrates how we can tune into tone. This past year, I spent roughly six months shopping with my oldest daughter. So she, like I said, she's 15 um, for a new violin. And we went to four different shops and we went to some of them multiple times. At two of the shops, we would go in and they would give her, bring her violins to play um, with very little attention from the staff. And she would just pick the two or three that she liked. And then we would take them back and play them with her teacher. And her teacher would describe to us what she, a better, you know, this next step up in a violin sounded like. Um, and <laughs> we returned multiple violins from these two shops and never purchased one. <laughs> and then wow. we, we found a third shop to try who knew the violin teacher. And so he knew the sound she liked and he focuses more in restoring violins. And so he didn't have a whole lot, 
but my daughter found one that she liked quite a bit. And she played that for her teacher and it was a virtual lesson. And so her teacher was like, I can't, I can't tell with a virtual lesson and he needed it back before she would be home. So we took that one back and he referred us to another shop that's a little further away, but it's a larger violin shop with, um, in a much larger town. And the experience that we had there was absolutely amazing. Um, so in this, in this violin shop, it was in an old two-story house with multiple rooms and there were violins hanging on all the walls and a large selection. They had prepared a room upstairs for Kindred with around seven to eight violins. They had different makes and models, the Italian violins, German violins, an American-made violin, and probably a few more. He explained some of the history and differences and details with these violins, and then he left us so that Kindred could play and find what she liked. Once she had played all of the violins, this gentleman came back, and this is what amazed me. I've never seen this happen before. He stayed in the room with us and he played the violins that she liked so she could hear them. And then he had her describe the sound, the tone that she liked. Um, and he had her play some, he played a couple that she didn't like and explained what she was hearing there as well. And then he would listen, he'd play the violin, and then he would describe back to her to make sure that he really understood. And it was incredible to witness. And then he took the one that she liked the most and he went down through those rooms with all the violins and he found her violins with a similar sound, with a similar tone. And he brought them wow. back to her. It was incredible. And so he we knew the tones of all of them. He wow. knew. <laughs> I have never seen somebody play a like play and describe a violin sound like that. It was just amazing. So we took two violins home from the shop to her teacher, and her teacher played both of them and approved both of them. She was like, "Whichever one you want, those are incredible violins." Hmm. Wow. And so, yeah. So just like that, from that story, we can see how we can tune into the tone in our families. And sometimes this may need to be a one-on-one -on -one experience um, where we are describing something to the other person and then letting them take it in and describing back what they heard. And that's really when we're seeking to understand. One way I've done this with Kindred herself um, is that as I was getting into teaching self-government, one of my weak spots was I felt like I didn't know how to praise my children and I mm. didn't know how to do it well or meaningful. And so I, Kindred and I practiced praising and she would give me feedback. Yeah, that hits the spot or no, that's not it at all, mom. Like, I think a lot of people would see that as, oh, that's just awkward. We don't, you know, if, if there's going to be praise, it's just going to happen. But I love that you actually like, Kate, let's practice and see what actually works and builds us up emotionally and brings us closer together in our relationship. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was way fun. And it's been fun to see as she's changed, as she's grown older, she wants different types of praise now than she did when we started. So I'm glad I opened that line of communication. So she knows she can be like, no, mom, <laughs> that just doesn't work. <laughs> 
That's the best. I love how deliberate you were. I love how honest you were too about yourself saying, okay, I'm not great at praising. And I already know I'm not great at praising. It doesn't seem like it rolls off well. And I think there's probably a lot of people that feel that way. And, and they have to work at that probably a lot more than they have to work at their corrections, you know? And, um, and I have to say that you haven't been to um, the last few parenting master trainings that I've been doing, but at those trainings, I've actually been putting a really big emphasis on training for praising a lot more than I used to do, because I've realized if we can nail that, that changes all the other interactions. It changes the pre-teaching, it changes the corrections, it changes everything. So as much as people are like, yeah, yeah, you tell somebody good job. No, it's just, it's not just that there's a lot more to it. And, and what you're saying is, is that you let her tell you, yeah, I feel connected to you like that. Right. Or that feels yeah. sincere, mom, that feels right. Because all of the interactions carry with them a tone, like you're saying, and there's that feeling that comes through. There's another message. That's another communication that's happening besides the words that are saying. And it's really that communication that's in the tone. That's the most important when I am looking at a person and I'm looking them in the eye and thinking, I really care about you. It doesn't matter what I say at that moment. I mean, you know, obviously you wouldn't want to say something like, I really don't appreciate you, but like that it, it really wouldn't matter what I say at that moment. They would be like feeling she understands. She cares about me. So there's certain looks there's certain ways that the, the words come off is what you're saying. And, and people can tell you when it's hit the mark, why not ask then? That's awesome. Why not be that deliberate? I love it. Yeah, I, it's been, it's been powerful. <laughs> I feel like that's super insightful. I mean, I, I suppose if you have a child that likes to control and be super manipulative, you would you could get into trouble there because they could be like, nope, that's not good enough, mom. Nope, that's not good enough. You know, that's not the point. <laughs> the point is help me learn, right? So that I can learn how to nail this and I can do better when I'm praising you in the future. It's not that they're going to reject the praise, right? When you say yeah. it, they're not going to be like, I reject your praise. You know, it's not like that. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you're going to be able to know what they're looking for feeling wise. And, and they know what you're hoping to accomplish feeling wise too. And I think that that right there just gives a vote of confidence on all of it. Oh, deliberateness, the power of it is such a big part of self-governing and to take that deliberate action with tone. I think people think of being deliberate with their skills because they know they're messing up on the words they're saying. I love your addition. Say, as we tune into tone, the love in our heart grows, the love in our family grows. PSG has helped bring my family into tune and has helped us tune into each other. There is more harmony, more order, more strength, and a concert of the individual parts that make up our family. Mm. So true. It changes that. the hearts. It changes the hearts. And that's what everyone's looking for, right? Looking for heart Hopefully. change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so based off of what you shared with us today, what tips do you have for people who are wanting to improve their self-government skills and their family culture? So the tips that I have would be to slow down, mm -hmm. to remember that growth and change is a slow process. 
And I think about a tree and how the rings on a tree grow each year, but the strength comes over time for that tree. There's a poem called Good Timber by Douglas Malloch that I love. It says, good, not, good timber does not grow with ease. The stronger wind, the stronger trees. The further sky, the greater length. The more the storm, the more the strength. By sun and cold, by rain and snow, in trees and men, good timbers grow. And I think as we remember that it's a slow process and that there's going to be wind and storms and sun <laughs> and cold and rain and snow, we're able to like appreciate all the seasons of this growth in mm. our family. That's good. Teach so good. Yeah, the people need to have patience. Yeah. With the process. Mm-hmm. The yes, strength is a process. Yeah, it is a process for sure. Okay. So Shiloh, if there is something that you would recommend to people, I mean, you've given tons of recommendations here already, but as far as in the teaching self-government collection of things, trainings, classes, books, resources, all those types of things that you've used, what is, what sticks out to you as one of your favorites? What do you feel like has made the biggest difference for, for you and for your family? The one that has made the biggest difference for me and my family, I would say both of us, because it's what really got me to jump all the way in was the parenting mastery course. I'm very much a do-it-myself person, so I ordered the book first, and I listened to every free thing I could find first, (laughs) (laughs) and part of that was because I didn't have the money to do the Parenting Mastery, and I couldn't get to Utah to do the Parenting Mastery, and when it was available online, I jumped. I was like, I don't care. We are doing this, and so I did, and that made the biggest difference. Yeah. Ooh, I really appreciate that because I see that people who do the parenting mastery training are the most effective at the teaching self-government implementation in their home. So I think you're not alone in that one. And I would have to say, if I, if I gave somebody one recommendation for me and for, for the results I've seen with people, that's what I would probably say too. Yeah. The parenting mastery course takes the guesswork out of trying mm. to figure it out on your own. It fills in all the holes, huh? All the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. really, really does. Shiloh, you are an amazing mentor. I really appreciate you being here with us today, sharing with us about tuning your tone and some of those incredible analogies with the violin and everything else. It just got me just going. Anyway, so love it. Um, we've really enjoyed having you. I'm sure everybody has learned loads from you today. So thank you for joining us here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. Thank you everybody else for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. And don't forget, you can find about out about all these things plus tax on teachingselfgovernment.com. And don't forget that YouTube channel too, because there are a lot of things. There are a lot of free things. They're not the whole course though, just like Shiloh said, (laughs) but you will be able to learn even more there as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.